Hi, you're listening to the Yoga Business Wisdom Podcast number 13. Welcome to the Yoga Business Wisdom Podcast, offering you time-proven tips and tools to build a prosperous yoga business. Now your host, Lynn Ann Polite. So today I am talking with Melissa Hagedorn, and Melissa is the founder and producer of the Northwest Yoga Conference, which happens to be in my neck of the woods. So I want to talk, she's here today, welcome. Thank you. And we're excited to be here. Yeah, I really, I really like talking with the producers because I have to say that one of the most frequent questions with the teachers that I work with is really how do they get booked at these conferences and festivals. So they, they have this idea. They don't, some of them know what the kind of what it can do for their business. Some know it's something better. Some they want to go have fun. Some have like really no clue about like really what to expect and others have some, mm-hmm. but you know, anyways. And so there's all, but there's just this, um, it's sort of like retreats. There's this bit of an allure of like, it just seems really cool and neat and fun. And the one thing that I explained to them, of course, is that while it's really great for you as a teacher to be promoted, that the organizer, such as yourself or producer, is trying to create an experience for people. So the deal is mm-hmm. really how do you bridge that between their desire of wanting to be in an event like this and teach and then your desire to make a great, fabulous experience that, of course, is a good business venture and is financially feasible. Mm-hmm. So. So I thought what we would do is just step through this process of like, what is it to do when they first think about it and they want to approach you? Then, you know, what do they do maybe when they get the gig and they're in communication with you? And then what if they actually get the gig and then, you know, Mm -hmm. what they do there and then even what after? So that's where it's, you know, quite a breadth of information. But I think that the teachers would, um, I know that they're really interested in, in this sort of event to be involved. Well, I was going to say you kind of touched on it already in that you said, what is it that the yoga teacher wants out of the experience? Because I think that's an important question to answer first, because um, there are so many yoga events out there these days that I don't think anybody could actually really (laughs) spend that much time applying to all of the events, right? So it's asking yourself, what is your goal as a teacher? Is it because you want to be a part of a certain community? Are you wanting exposure on a certain level? Or has it just been a career goal of yours to, uh, you know, teach at a specific event? So checking in first as to what your goal even is with teaching a a yoga event, um, I think is the very first step so that you can then start to identify the events that might be a good fit for you and would help, you know, achieve what it is that you're searching for. Yeah, I really agree with that. I do that. I when um, teachers start telling me they want to do this, this, and this, and I'm like, you know, really, what is mm-hmm. the purpose? You know, and if uh, usually the teacher, um, I mean, I don't really think they go for it just for fun, but it's usually their general uh, desire is to quote unquote expand their teachings. Right? They either want to teach in a bigger scale, the teachers that I'm working with, right, mm-hmm. or they want to somehow increase their visibility. Or they may want to increase or think that somehow it's going to increase their class size at home, which I'm like, okay, really think about that. You know, if you're out in Pennsylvania, but you live in Wyoming, how is that going to increase Mm -hmm. your classes at home? So, so in that sense, um, I do say, you know, what is the, is the purpose? Because you have something to 
sell or is there something that or you want to be in that region but what would you say on your side that you think that you provide for people in particular at your festival for example well I think um, definitely well a couple of things I mean um, we do actually financially compensate all of our presenters so that is something that they do you know not all events do that so that is one thing with um, at least with the Northwest Yoga Conference that we provide. So, I mean, for some people, it might just be that they're interested in getting paid <laughs> to teach. But um, but beyond that, really, I mean, one thing is that I have worked really hard to cultivate a really supportive and inclusive community. And so I know that for some of the people who are presenting, just being able to be in that community is really nourishing to them and inspiring and you know, it can be a hard road to be a yoga teacher sometimes. And um, so having the opportunity to just be in a positive, uplifting environment, I think, um, can serve just to kind of fill your cup of needs, you know, to carry throughout the year. So I think that's something. And um, there's definitely the exposure factor. I mean, uh, you know, people who are presenting at the conference are listed on the website. They're featured on social media and other opportunities throughout the year. So just um, developing some general awareness of a presenter um, or a teacher can happen certainly through presenting at a conference. But I do think that, um, you know, for a teacher to really maximize that exposure, they've got to take that ball and run with it and leverage it in various ways um, during the event and after the event. But um, those are a couple of things I think that presenters that are involved with the Northwest Yoga Conference um, really benefit from participating. And um, and you've actually presented at the event before, so if you have I any can. other... Well, I can. Yeah, I think you hit the... I think you, <laughs> Um, exactly. I think you hit the top three. I mean, the, the, and that is, um, well, you hit the top two that I tell people because you're right. A lot of conferences and festivals do not pay or they pay a nominal amount. And so I actually talk to people and say, you know, I've actually had someone say, well, I, I thought I could make a living touring and being a yoga teacher on festivals. And I was like, no, you know, <laughs> it's like, yeah. uh, no, that's not going to happen. I said, because, and, and, you know, that's a whole nother conversation about that. But yes, you do compensate. Um, but the two things and not but and the two things that you said really are the the reasons that I say is I consider it a PR tour, you know, that it's a public mm -hmm. relations tour for you to be exposed to a new student, a new body of students. And for that reason, I always say, you know, you're going there to maybe promote your retreat or maybe, you know, if I lived in Seattle, which I do, but, you know, I then get exposed to Seattle people. And so if I, I don't teach yoga classes, asana classes, but if I, you know, that could be mm -hmm. an exposure for that. I, I go and I teach business workshops and I coach, right? So definitely I get exposure and definitely I get connections with potential clients because there's the teachers and I teach the workshops. Mm -hmm. So it just, it's the synergy with that. And I make very intentional about what I teach is in congruent to my offerings. And the other thing, which is so true is it's just, it feeds you, you know, you're around you, you, what you, you do is you, and by the way, I have to say you create it really well. Cause I do teach at other conferences oh, and festivals. Thank you. <laughs> you do it really well is a really heartfelt community. So it's really fun. And so you do meet others, 
teachers and other colleagues. And, you know, um, I know that in this last, um, this last conference, it's yours, that uh, Sarah Joy Marsh has been, I'm just going to say it, she's been wanting to meet and connect with, P, um, with Tommy Rosen. And she was on a board, a panel with Kia Miller, who's Tommy Rose's, uh, oh, right. Rosen's um, wife. And Kia was floored and just totally resonated with what everything that Sarah Joy was saying and presenting when they were talking on that panel. They were both on the panel. And, mm -hmm. you know, it was just really great to see two women that really clicked. And then next thing you know, you know, Kia goes home and tells Tommy Rosen to call <laughs> Sarah Joy, you know, <laughs> for a, a, a summit, you know, because they both work with eating, you know, mm -hmm. addictions and eating disorders and everything. And so... So it was just a great connection that happened because of being there and being on the same panel and exchanging and finding kindred souls. And you're right, as a teacher, mm -hmm. you get sort of isolated sometimes, and it's really nice to get in community and get that. So yes, I think that all those reasons are the reasons that, that people, uh, that teachers should and do um, get booked. And, and being involved with a really good producer such as yourself that you create that, then it's sort of the, you know, trifecta <laughs> sort of thing. Okay, so now I've said here, let's say that I'm a teacher and I've decided, yes, this is it. And yes, you're the one. And, you know, I've decided mm -hmm. it's your, your festival because I live in the Pacific Northwest. You know, I've just got this teacher training that I want to promote. Um, I, you know, I've heard great things about you. I've seen mm -hmm. the other teachers. I want to, you know, I want to go hang with them as well because there's some people there that I'm interested in. Now, what do I do? How do I get your attention? Yeah, so the first thing I would say is spend a little bit of time on the event's website. Spend a little time on the event's social media to get a feel for the um, voice of the event and, you know, an idea of what the, you know, what the event is trying to create so you understand that. But um, but also spending the time on the website, looking through the FAQ, looking for information on how to apply. Um, I get a lot of emails from people that it's very clear they have not looked at anything on the website. Um, and, I mean, you really have to treat it, in my opinion, you have to treat it like a job application because that's what it really is. So, you know, um, Spending the time to learn a little bit about the company that you're trying to apply for a job with is important. And, um, you know, I'll get emails from people who are like, I'm interested in presenting at the Northwest Yoga Festival. What steps do I need to take? It's like, we're not the Northwest Yoga Festival. We're the Northwest Yoga Conference. So mm, yeah. when you don't take the time to pay attention to the small details, for me, when I see an email come through like that, I think you're not paying to the attention to the details now and I'm going to need you to pay attention to the details at some point and so I'm not sure that's even going to be happening right so so it's important to make a good first impression in my opinion and by the way you do that is by spending some time learning about the event and learning the proper channels to apply for the Northwest Yoga Conference for example we have a about a two-month period in the spring that we accept applications from yoga teachers. So um, you can submit an application with different workshops that you want to teach. And we don't accept any applications outside of that time frame. So, um, you know, there are some events I've seen out there that don't have clear communication about how to present. 
And for those events, if you're interested, then I would probably send an email asking about it. But if there are instructions on how to apply, then I would say follow the instructions. Um, because they're set up there for a reason. And um, it's just not, there's just so much going on with planning the event that it's not possible for us to allocate time to look at inquiries for presenting outside of that presenter inquiry window. So if you're sending us your information outside of that time frame, we're honestly not looking at it. You'll get a generic reply. Thanks for your interest. Come back in the spring and apply. So, um, you know, at least for our event, that's um, how, you know, I would recommend for people to submit an application. Um, but uh yeah, I think the thing that that's really poignant and that you should say is there's a lot of balls that you're juggling and having that teacher aware that you've set up these systems for a reason. You, you know, you set mm -hmm. up these systems so that you can efficiently do all this in a way that makes sense. And so they just need to honor that. And if they don't take the time to find out how to, then they they all botch it all up. And and um, and I think the other thing that I hear you say is like stay within that. Like don't go around it. Don't do something different. Like this is you know you're clear. This is what you do, and then you do that. So now I've done the application, okay? And you and yeah. are you clear? Because um, I know you have that little window because <laughs> I've applied in there. <laughs> like where is that little window? Because that's not a big window. Um, but you also then respond promptly. Um, you know some mm -hmm. things that some. Um, you know, some festivals, and I'll just say it here, which is, again, I'm going to keep, you know, it's not a total that I'm just trying to be a love fest with you. Really, you do have it down. <laughs> but the truth is, there's a festival that I applied to that still hasn't responded to me and says, we're going to get to you that's actually happening in the same month that you're is, which is just mm -hmm. from this podcast is only a lead time of about eight weeks. And so, mm -hmm. you know, and first of all, I don't know how they're marketing anything, but but the, um, you know, so some people do delay and do this last minute. So, but even so, let's say I've applied and let's say yeah. it's in there and let's say I haven't heard from you. Then the one question I get a lot is, you know, where's that delicate, well, I call it this, the delicate balance of being interested and mm -hmm. persistent, but not a pain in the ass, you know, <laughs> like where, what, yeah. what's your view, <laughs> you know, what's for follow up? Well, from my viewpoint, one thing is that um, we clearly communicate on the application that applications are due by, let's say, the end of May, and you should hear back from us by, let's say, the end of June. So I would recommend to people, you've submitted your application at the end of May, that maybe midway, two weeks into June, sending a follow-up email just to say, you know, I just wanted to check in with you and... Um, see if I could answer any questions about my application. Um, and that way you're kind of putting yourself front of mind um, during the process, but not being over the top. Um, and that's it. Honestly, I would recommend just one time because one time to me shows, okay, you're serious and you're interested and you're willing to follow up. More than that, it's like, okay, you already followed up with me. I heard you. I have your application. And I now you're filling my email box up. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Now you're being a pain. So if yeah. you don't, it, do you get back to everybody by end of June? Or do you give cinema thing or if you're delayed in any way? Saying, listen, I'm delayed. I'll get back with you. Or what if they don't hear back by the end of June? If they didn't hear back by the end of June, then certainly feel free to send a follow-up email checking in. But um, I usually, if for some reason 
I haven't been able to conclusively decide and create the schedule by then, um, then I typically will email everybody and say, I'm just giving everyone an update that we should be um, reaching out by whatever the new expected date is. So I try to be pretty good about communicating with people through that process. And what, so let's go to, I'm looking at your, and I really want it. How can I, I can put an application and I can tell you mm-hmm. what I teach. But um, what I've heard is some uh, producers say, just don't send me another vinyasa teacher. Like I've had enough. So I really talk to people about what is it that's unique that I think producers are always looking for something unique. But I also know that, well, you do, you know, you get a theme. And so you want to book things mm-hmm. that go with this sort of overall theme so I also tell the teachers, you know, don't take it personally. It just not might you just might not be in that theme. But what you know, do you do you publicize your theme ahead of time, or how would I know what to? I mean, I can teach a lot of things. Let's say, and how do I know what yeah. to send you? Well, I don't um, typically choose the workshops based on the theme per se. I might choose a few, like maybe three to five workshops that tie in really nicely to the theme. Okay. Um, but not really beyond that, because quite honestly, most any workshop probably could incorporate the theme in some component if they wanted to. But, um, you know, because I'm not necessarily looking for all of the workshops to carry the right. theme of the conference. But, um, you know, for me, you know, this is going to vary a little bit from particularly a yoga festival type experience, because the conference is more on the educational side and we try to include some more playful fun workshops because people like to take a little bit of a break from learning and and play with their practice too but um but we definitely have a lot more workshops that are focused on increasing your knowledge about your practice or teaching yoga and um so with that said a lot of our attendees are yoga teachers and they've been teaching for easily five or 10 years. Um, so one of the first things I'm looking for is how much experience does it, the applicant have and how much really like, um, specific education do they have about the topics that they're proposing? So, um, you know, some teachers might want to send, I feel like there's like these standard, workshops that always get offered like inversions and um hip openers and uh back bends and so there's like this category that I feel like when a lot of the touring teachers do their workshops they have like kind of hit those categories right but usually those categories are covered by our national presenters that we bring in so that's one thing I say on the application is um probably don't submit those topics unless you have really specialized education or experience in those topics so you know um we had a fellow andreas vets who did a inversion workshop recently but he has done um a lot of circus training actually with inversions and had a lot of real specialty experience with inversions. so um so one thing i say is um yeah, make sure to demonstrate in the application what education and special experience you have that makes you particularly knowledgeable about that workshop topic. And um, and also take a look at the schedule from the year before and just get a kind of sense of the type of workshops that we offer at the event. Or if you're looking to present at another event, get a sense and a feel for the type of 
things that they offer? Are they offering all fun, playful type workshops? Are they offering, like I said, more educational workshops? Or maybe it's um, workshops that are really focused on personal transformation. Just getting an idea of that um, type of information to think about as you're preparing your application. And one thing I can't stress enough either is um, I'll get a lot of applications from people and they submit one workshop. And if you can provide me with three or more workshops to choose from, your odds are going to greatly increase that you could be selected to present. Because I might have four or five people submitting the same workshop topic and um, your application comes in and I've already found somebody that I want to teach that topic, but I really like your background and your education, but you didn't give me anything else to choose from. So um, I would definitely recommend offering more options than fewer options on an application. And, um, and also, I guess that brings me to the point to apply early as well, because um, even there are times where I said, I, uh, I'm going to review all the applications at the end and, and make the decision at that point. But even saying that the applications come in, you start looking at them and you see topics that are interesting or engaging and you think would be a good fit for the event and you kind of get attached to them. So, you know, this year I had a few people who I, I was like, Oh man, I'd really love for them to present, but I already picked somebody who uh, is going to cover that topic. Um, so the earlier you can submit, the better mm-hmm. as well, in my opinion. Okay. Um, so I did hear a couple things in there that I just mm-hmm. want to reflect. One is to um, see what, you know, really do, again, do your research, see what what other people have, um, what, what you usually get. And then also really that differentiation in experiences because a conference, in my mind, is different than a festival. I don't use those mm-hmm. words interchangeably. And it's just, be, be, to me, conference is about the education and more about that. And a festival is more about the experience. And so those classes might be more fun, maybe not, not as deep or intentional, even though that does happen at festivals. But a lot of times there's a lot of music mm-hmm. and there's a lot of other experiences and wine tastings and hiking and you know there's there's a lot of other things where a conference is definitely um you know your conference in particular is definitely focused on the yoga you know it's there is Mm -hmm. some other fun things to do but it's it's not that's people aren't coming for this experience of fun and pseudo partying and yoga it they're coming for getting going deeper in their practice so I think that's um a really good piece and then the other thing is um, it's great to say about going early, you know, even though there's a span mm-hmm. of time earlier than better, but also really throwing out um, choices because I don't know why anybody would want to go to a conference and take all that way and only teach one workshop anyway. You know, if you're there, yeah. you want to teach multiple ones um, and you do mm-hmm. have the ability on your applications, I know, to add, keep adding them. And that's what I do. It's like, well, I don't know which one of these. So here's, you know, here's a few choices and which one sounds good this year, you know, because <laughs> Because mm-hmm. because sometimes, like you said, there might be another person teaching, you know, a particular subject that I'm teaching. So I do think that's really, um, really important that, yeah, go ahead and put it all out there. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, also, I think the other thing, just as a caveat, is fill out the application the way it says. 
Um, I think I've had teachers that have just sort of dumped something in there and the te you know, it's just like, well, I don't know what this is because they don't fill it out the way that the, the you know, the information is supposed to get sorted and get to the producer. So it's sort of like you were saying, yeah. you know, do it the right way, pay attention, you know, have, don't mm -hmm. do it on your phone with misspelled words and using emo, you know, bad grammar and, <laughs> you know, it's just like, come on, this is an application. Okay. So let's say that you looked at my application and you chose me. So now mm -hmm. what's, what's the steps between you saying that you, you know, that I'm, I'm the one of which, you know, I do a little happy dance and text my friends and do little, you know, things. And mm -hmm. then the, and then what's, What's next? What is a good proactive being professional sort of tips that you have for the teachers once they're booked? Well, um, the first thing is just be prompt in replying to emails. And I really hate to say this, but that's not a strong suit of a lot of yoga teachers. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's just not, uh, sometimes it does feel a little bit like herding cats. I mean, I have some people who present who are on it and they are really prompt with emails and they're great at communicating. And then I have others that I have to send three follow-ups in email to get them to respond that I even know that they received my email, you know. So um, that is seems like such a basic thing, but it's not necessarily always um happening and um so you know I'm sending out information to presenters and it's important information so it's helpful for me to know that you received that information um so just you know being prompt with communication is um such an easy one to do and goes a long way at impressing the event producer <laughs> right right um and the other thing is, most of the events, I have, you know, some sort of agreement or contract to sign, and there's usually some promotional tasks that we ask for presenters to do, because honestly, um, when I first started planning this event, I had no idea that most of my time would actually be spent marketing and not planning. And so every bit of help that a presenter offers in helping to promote the event and their presence there is so gratefully appreciated because, um, it, you know, the saying many hands make light work. It's, it's really heavy work for the event producer, the marketing aspect and, or at least for me. <laughs> and, um, so, you know, to have a presenter who is, proactively doing the promotional tasks that are outlined in the agreement where I don't have to go and follow up with them, um, you know, because I do keep track of it all. I have an Excel spreadsheet and I'm track. these are the things and did they do it? Yes or no. And then I right. start following up with them. So those things I think are really simple things that you can do um, that is kind of like, I guess should be expected, but it doesn't always happen. And so if you do those things, I feel like you really stand out amongst other people because you're making my life a lot easier. <laughs> right. Well, that's the thing is, you know, it's, it's, so, you know, when I hear from that too, is like, it, it's, you know, I want to do whatever it does to make your life easier. So then I'm on the good because I want to get booked again. You know, that's the thing is you're, you're right. setting a precedent 
of what it is mm -hmm. to work with someone. And if, you know, there's, there's people that are just a pain. And if it makes you, if, you know, if you're, especially if you're emerging, that they don't, yeah. you know, your benefit is not that greater to be able to handle that you're a pain. You know what I mean? And I, and I actually know a lot of producers are like, we're just not going to handle it anyways, because it doesn't matter how popular, it's just not something you should do in relation to people. So that's what I mm -hmm. want to say about that is you're really, you're setting your reputation, you're setting your expectations of who you are as a business person and your business relationships and being prompt and, you know, doing what they've asked is, is part of that. Mm -hmm. The second piece is I, I, the promotional piece. So that's kind of an interesting thing, my experience, because I work on this side, right, with the teachers. And I had one mm -hmm. particular musician. He was a musician, a Kirtan musician, who did a lot of events. And people, everybody wanted a dedicated email. And he just couldn't manage that, you know, because he couldn't have all those dedicated emails and keep inundated his database that way. He needed to consolidate. So I've, I've had these, your contract for promotions is not unreasonable at all. But And I've had some that are just like, you know, well, you have to kind of balance about what they're doing with their other events. Because if you have a touring teacher, they're probably touring into other events. And so they have to balance that all in their promotional schedule. <laughs> but I don't, so that being said, you find that delicate balance. To me, I would just go, I go back to the producer and say, this is what we can do. Like I get you want the moon and that's mm -hmm. great, but this is what we can do. And then, you know, so there's some back and forth and the, the communication mm -hmm. is key. But the other thing is I'm like asking the teacher, why wouldn't you? Like what, that's the whole point of this, you know, that's the whole point of being booked at an event, especially if mm -hmm. you're sharing the stage with some of these other higher visible teachers is to get the promotion ability out of it. So it's, to me, it's sort of like when it's just sort of a, a strange thing that would people would spend all that time and energy to get the booking and then not promote themselves to their people and mm -hmm. out there, you know? So to me, it's like, it's a no brainer, but like you said, it's not necessarily um, a given. So kind of, these are some really good, mm -hmm. simple tips that aren't that hard. And yet, you know, can really be great. I was just going to say, you know, the other thing too is, um, you know, at least with us, you know, we're happy to cross promote the presenter because it makes sense for us too, for our audience and our community to learn more about the presenter as well so that they become interested in studying with them. So, you know, um, if you are in, booked at an event, you know, it's helpful to send over content that they might be able to use to promote you as well beyond just the pictures and information. So um, that's something to think about as well. You know, and I had a presenter who sent me a whole bunch of like blog posts to share, but they sent it to me about three weeks before the event. So that's probably not the most ideal <laughs> time to send yeah, that stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. You know, when, when you are booked, then at that that's the best time to say you know, great. Hey, here's some resources that you're welcome to share on social media if you like, because from my viewpoint, it makes sense for me to be promoting the presenters as well beyond right. um, basic event promotion, because like I said, then my community learns more about the presenter and, and becomes interested in engaging with them right. at the event. Right. And it makes you, you know, you've got a lot of content to generate for promotion. So the more help and support you can do that, the better mm -hmm. if the teacher can do that. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay. So now that they're booked and now that they're doing the pre-promotion, now it's time to show up. So they're at the conference. Mm -hmm. So is there, what, what mm -hmm. tips do you have for people at the conference to make their experience 
the best, I guess, you know, make their experience really, to maximize their experience? Well, I think um, the groundwork for having a success, successful experience at the conference um, starts before the conference by just being as prepared as you can, reading the information that's provided to you ahead of time, and um, anticipating any issues that may happen and how you might deal with those. So if you're presenting in a room and you're expecting a microphone and something happens with the microphone and it takes time for the sound tech person to get there, you know, just kind of mentally going through that stuff and preparing um, for issues that might arise or if you're depending on a PowerPoint and for some reason something breaks and it doesn't work. So um, I think just being successful and not having as much stress right before the workshops or during the workshops Definitely just kind of running through worst case scenarios in your mind and being prepared for that is a really important thing. Um, and asking questions to the event producer if you have questions about things um, ahead of time so that you can be prepared. And if there is an issue or concern that it can be best managed because I will always try to solve a problem for somebody, whether it's something they bring up a month before the event or during the event, but obviously we can better solve it if it's earlier. So, so that's one thing. And then also just, um, creating a plan on how you want to leverage the exposure at the event. So, um, if you're teaching workshops at the conference and you happen to have online courses, maybe you do three or four online courses a year or something, um, planning an online course to take place maybe a month after the conference so that, you know, at the end of your workshop, you can promote that a little bit, have people sign up if they're interested, maybe even host a video call, information call between the conference and when you launch that online, online course. And so thinking about ways that you can um, take those attendees that you connect with at the conference that are interested in studying with you beyond the conference and having resources available for them once the conference is over. So I think that's one of the most crucial things that people can do if they're a teacher teaching at a yoga festival or a conference that I don't see a lot of them doing. Um, so yeah, having so, yeah, I was going to just jump in. That's sort of amazing mm -hmm. to me. And I call it sort of the one night stand. It's like you go in, you have this great time, you do this <laughs> vavoom, and then you leave them. You just dump them after the date, you know? So as opposed to, you know, you've, you've gone in there, people are excited about what you're teaching, and they're going to say, well, what's next? What more, you know? And you want to have something, something mm -hmm. prepared. And mm -hmm. I definitely say go there with the idea. I had a teacher who drove to a conference It was in the South, and it didn't pay tons and tons, but she, you know, it paid her, you know, enough. And the traveling was not that difficult for drive down. She left with three people signing up for teacher training. Well, if you figure a teacher training costs $2,500 and she had three people sign up for it, there she just made in that weekend, mm -hmm. you know, $7,500. So it wasn't just the the amount she made for the workshops, but then some. And, and she chose to specific, specifically to do this conference that it was a festival actually near her home because then she knew it could feed into mm -hmm. her studio so yes I agree that it's it is um, it is surprising to me people who come and don't have something else to give 
um, because the conference isn't just the end of the road. That's a dead end. Mm-hmm. You know, even if you take names, you know, I encourage people, even if you just take email names, you know, you can get new names for your newsletters and, and connect that way mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. Right. So it sounds great. And yes, yeah. um, I think so. That's the way I do your your festival. I actually launched my online course the month after your festival. And there's or you know, or two weeks, mm-hmm. to two weeks to three weeks after your festival, because it's the last of my marketing and, you know, I'm already, so I'm marketing it, you know, I'm marketing everything's together. So it works, um, you know, it works really, really well as well. So I think that's great. Okay. So, and then okay. what about another thing I'd like to add though, um, unless mm-hmm. you had something to add, did you want to add something? Well, one other thing I would say too is, um, you know, like we use the, I guess, making a plan for trying to make connections at the event, um, you know, I, I've heard a lot of people who have come to the conference and taught and then been able to book weekend events at yoga studios um, because we do have a lot of yoga studio owners who come to the conference or yoga students who are interested and would be willing to approach their yoga studio to host somebody. But, um, you know, so even just mentioning that, too, in your offerings at the end, like, if you're a yoga studio owner, you'd be interested in offering this at your studio. I'd love to connect with you afterwards. Um, you know, my event, I actually, uh, I don't think you can see the attendees on the Sketch software that we use for scheduling. Um, but I know some events leave that open to the public. So some of the other events where you can see who's coming beforehand, you can go through that list of attendees and see if there's maybe certain yoga studio owners that are going to be there. And you could even send them an email beforehand and say, hey, I saw you're going to be at this event. I would love to connect, you know, plan a time to go get tea and maybe, you know, share a little bit about what my offerings are. You know, just creating those opportunities, being proactive and creating opportunities at the event. Yeah, I think so. There's um, there's two that we've now talked to is creating opportunities and having mm-hmm. something to offer for a student and then also having it to do with another studio owner or event producer, or even a retreat producer. Those all have been there that have come up when I've been with teachers and they've said, I really like this. I'm in a retreat producer, you know, you know, even offering that. So, and so mm-hmm. I think that's really great. And the third one that I wanted to drop in um, was something that I did a long time ago is with Robert Sturman that they were telling them, um, and I also did it with, um, you know, in the software now that you have now, this was before we had that, but I actually saw he was going and I actually contacted him. I emailed him. And I said, I really like your work. He's the photographer. He comes to, you know, in, in LA and I go, I really like your work. I'd really like to meet you. And he said that was the coolest thing he'd ever seen that like some, he said, I guess it was really surprising. This was like eight or 10 years ago that mm-hmm. another presenter said, I want to meet you, you know, because I like your work. You're going to be there. So I actually combed through the presenters. Like, who do I want to, you know, mm-hmm. who do I want to go work, maybe go to a workshop with, but also who do I want to meet and why, you know, and, and that's sort mm-hmm. of what, um, what I sort of do as well, because there's some people there that I've, you know, heard about, or I might not have met. And here's this Mecca of everybody coming together. So really at the conference is doing a pre-plan and for three things, you know, what do you want to mm-hmm. offer to the students who you, who are, you know, you spark their interest, um, what other business opportunities could be with other producers with workshops or studios? And third, what other colleagues are there 
that might be interested. Maybe you even want to collaborate them or it's someone who's teaching or like this whole thing with addiction. Here's somebody that, you know, could um, introduce you to, uh, you know, that you're doing work in addiction as well. So there you can go meet somebody that's, you know, working with mm-hmm. that and doing telesummits. So I agree that that's the, that's a really great opportunity. So then let's move mm-hmm. on to what after. So now I've had this great event. I'm going home. What is there anything after the event that I should know as a teacher? Yeah, um, I'm just gonna throw one more thing in Advent too. Just oh really sure, quick, absolutely. One other thing that rarely happens, though it really stands out to me, is making a point to go over and say hello to the event producer, um, because not a lot of people actually do that. So that really stands out to me because sometimes I don't get the opportunity to really spend much time with the presenters during the event, especially haven't met the person before. I personally greatly appreciate that. And I think that makes a really good impression just to take a moment to go find the event producer and introduce yourself mm. and thank them for absolutely having you at the event and stuff. So absolutely. that's just one more I hadn't, thing. I'm, absolutely. I'm, I'm sorry that we missed that right away. And I remember when I did that with you, I went, try, I was like, cause you know, you see you and you talk to you and it's like, but I went and saw the event producer and anybody else that maybe I communicated with, you know, cause you have a staff as well. And just to kind of say, mm-hmm. introduce, so that's a really good point. So glad you, you jumped in there. Okay. Are we ready to go on to after the event? You ready to go on <laughs> to that? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So after the event, um, Again, it's so simple, but not a lot of people necessarily do it. But just taking a moment to write an email to the event producer to say, you know, I really appreciate being involved in the event. I had a great time. And, um, you know, just about kind of closing the loop and, and making the connection afterwards to thank them for having you there. And then also, if you... Well, I actually send out a survey to presenters so they can provide feedback. But if the event does not do that, um, then you could also send an um, email. I probably wouldn't do it in the same email as the follow-up email because, um, at least for me, I need a few days in the event. And then I'm also not usually ready to hear the more constructive criticism right away because um, compressing and it was already a big push to get to that point so um so those are two things that I would definitely recommend after the event and the last thing I would add on to that too is um you know if you were at the event and you want to present again and you do apply for the next year not to be offended or think that something's wrong if you don't get accepted the following year because there's just so many people at these events that are interested in presenting and um, it's just not always possible to have everybody back even if you would love to have them there. Yes, I think that's um, I think that's all good stuff. I, I do think, um, I like that you said yes, that the, the thank you is always just such a gracious thing. Um, and I think the other thing you said, if they do send out a survey, to really send that back because they're they're putting the effort, you're putting the effort into getting that feedback, you're asking for that feedback. So, you know, be respectful and honor and, and give that feedback. And um, I think it's funny too, you said, you know, but if they don't do the survey, still give a break because, you know, you don't, you know, your, your, your feedback will be welcome, but, you know, give them some slack and some time to decompress after that, that intense mm-hmm. thing. 
Um, but yeah, so I think that's great. And yeah, I do know that I've worked with teachers that have, have, um, been booked one year and then not booked the other and they just don't understand. And I'm just like, you know, Mm -hmm. this is a a massive puzzle that a present, you know, producer is trying to juggle about who's going to do there, what they're going to do, you know, what the venue is and what the rooms are and all that. And, and that one year the balls fall one direction and sometimes they fall a different and it doesn't, yeah, like mm-hmm. you said, it doesn't mean and just pl- apply again. I just say, well, okay, this year it's not, but to apply again because there's just a lot of there's yeah. so many variables. So I appreciate that. It, it's so hard for me. I hate sending those emails to people that you know. It's like because I, I want as many people to be able to be involved in this as possible. So I really I hate that pos- being in that position. And that's one of my least favorite things actually <laughs> about planning the conference, but. But it is just the reality of yeah the event yeah of mm-hmm. saying no saying no I, you can't come mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like sorry you can't come to my party mm-hmm. yeah so well this has all been really really great I think we started from really the steps to approach and then you know what to do and follow mm-hmm. up and then once you're selected and the what to do there and what to do after um, so I really think this has been great is there any last bits of tips or things that you um, want to offer that we didn't cover. No, I think that pretty much covers it um, well. And I, again, I think it really could, just comes back to asking yourself what you, what the purpose is and in being involved in one of those events, and and um, and also asking yourself what is it that you can offer to the event attendees, um, because certainly it makes sense to be involved in a yoga festival or yoga conference to further your yoga career. But I know that. A lot of yoga teachers, or probably most, if not all, are really teaching yoga because they want to help people live better lives. And so also asking yourself that question, like, how will my involvement in this help other people live their lives better and more inspired? And so I think those are two really great questions to kind of keep in your heart space as you're approaching um, a yoga festival or yoga conference and um will really help you probably find the pathway to the events that are the best fit for you. Right. Well, thank you so much for time. I'm just going to tell a little bit. The The Northwest Yoga Conference is in uh, usually in February, and it's here in Seattle, and which is a great destination place in and of itself. And um, Melissa does an excellent job, and, you know, rumblings around the lunch table were really what a great, heartful, um, you know, community that she builds um it gets a great attendance i think you had 1200 last year didn't you was that the number that you had Um, we had a thousand a thousand yeah Mm -hmm. and so while it's Mm -hmm. you know called northwest it certainly draws from everywhere and i know it did people were coming from all over the country and Mm -hmm. um i really liked to interview you melissa because i really think that you treat your people really well and so i want to you know support that and thank you (laughs) yeah you're really very sweet of you yeah i mean i've worked i just have to say i've worked with a lot of them and not all of them you know there's just varying ones and yes you're you're definitely right up there and and your professionalism and your kindness and your heart and everything so oh I really appreciate hearing that thank you yes she's in the muck of it now she's her conference <laughs> it's coming <laughs> up soon enough <laughs> <laughs> so okay I think with that complete I think we'll just say um, goodbye and thank you so much Melissa for your, you. your time you've been listening to the yoga business wisdom podcast with Lynn Ann Polite